athletic competition. It can easily be broken down into two parts. The minutes or hours it takes to complete the event. Then weeks, months, and years of joy or heartbreak. Finally, the decades to analyze and debate it. From the press box to press row, Donald Ware will break it all down for you with an in-depth look at historically black college athletics, as well as the biggest news stories and newsmakers of the day. It's time to talk the talk with those who walk the walk. From the press box to press row, here's your host, Donald Ware. I'd have seen it all. If HBCU Sports is your fancy, then you've got it tuned to the right radio station on Box to Row Radio, also Sirius XM, channels 142 and 84, and a lot of HBCU to talk about. But you know, if you listen to this show, and welcome to our newest listeners of From the Press Box to Press Row, where we talk HBCU sports, but when we talk a plethora of things, whether it's NBA, whether it's National Football League, everything, right, college basketball, whether it's a little bit of entertainment, it, we talk it all here on the program. But we're especially going to talk today HBCU football because there's so much going on week three upon us with respect to HBCU football. And of course, as always, you're locked into the dopest show on radio again. This is from the press box to press row. And I am your host, Donald Ware. Got a good show for you today here on the program. As a matter of fact, going to be joined by South Carolina State head football coach Buddy Pugh here on the program. Listen, a lot has happened since the last time we talked. First of all, you had that big basketball game Saturday night, ESPNU Radio, between North Carolina A&T and North Carolina Central. It lived up to its billing going back to the previous Wednesday A&T defeated the Eagles on the campus of North Carolina Central. And so you have uh, the rematch, if you will, just three days later. And the game was all of that. Yeah, maybe some controversy at the end. But ultimately, A&T pulls that basketball uh, game out. And it looked really good on TV. Like, it looked really good on ESPNU. Looked absolutely awesome. There were fans in the stands, which was really a a good thing, right? Because, I mean, we hadn't, you know, in the state of North Carolina anyway, there were no fans at any athletic sporting events. Maybe, maybe, maybe high schools, maybe, maybe a little bit in high schools, but at least collegiately and on the uh, professional level, no fans in the stands. And what a basketball game that was as A&T was able to pull that game out by two points. So with that, our box to row national players of the week were both ANT players, Cameron Langley and Webster Fillmore. Cameron Langley, a first team box to row all American, uh, led the uh, the NCAA last year in assists. One of the leaders this year. He of course declared for the NBA draft to kind of get a feel for where he stood, some of the things that he needed to work on. And 
It's really been his defense that has really, really been uh, more than solid. It's been pretty good, especially getting his hands in the passing lanes and a lot of steals for A&T on this week. Meanwhile, Webster Fillmore was just steady. He shot 91% from the field for the week and really helped propel North Carolina A&T. As a matter of fact, he had, in essence, on two occasions, what were the go-ahead field goals. Uh, One uh, was about two minutes and uh, some change remaining. North Carolina Central regained the lead, and then he had the ultimate uh, field goal. It uh, It was a jumper and ultimately allowed for A&T to win that basketball game. Also, speaking of Box to Row National Players of the Week, this is the thing about spring. Like, generally around this time, we're only talking about basketball players, but we also got to talk about football players. Uh, On the women's side, basketball, Alabama State Guard Jayla Crawford, a junior from Birmingham, Alabama was our also our box to row national player of the week. Then on the football side, Southern defensive end Jordan Lewis was our box to row national player of the week in football. He had a, a phenomenal game, 11 tackles. Eight of those were solo. He forced a fumble. He had five tackles for loss and four sacks in the Jaguars' 24-21 victory over Alabama State on last week. And uh, last Friday, uh, really good football game is our box to row national uh, game of the week, as a matter of fact. So, uh, again, the A&T Central deal was something big that happened uh, in HBCUs as a whole on last week. And before we go any further, because in this segment I'm going to break down, we had so many things that happened, as a matter of fact, in HBCU sports and specifically HBCU football. If you want to join the conversation, here on From the Press Box to Press Row, you can do so via Twitter at Box to Row, B-O-X-T-O-R-O-W, or on Facebook, B-O-X, the number two, R-O-W. You can also hit me up via my personal Twitter account, at dware one at dware one or my personal Instagram account, at Donald. So, middle of the week, Edward Waters And, of course, we have our radio station in Jacksonville, XL 1010 and 92.5 FM. So, Edward Waters, which is in Jacksonville, Florida, if you didn't know that, fired its head football coach, Greg Ruffin. And it was interesting because this was his third season. The Edward Waters program making the transition between NAIA to Division II and ultimately the SIAC coming off two weeks ago, a 53 to nothing loss to Jackson State. Uh, and, you know, the optics may look, if you're not really a, a football person, it may have looked like, okay, well, yeah, he got blasted by Jackson State, so they decided to let him go. I mean, if you look uh, at his uh, previous two seasons, they no doubt were losing seasons. But I think it takes time to build a program. I think when you're asking someone to come in and build a program, get a stadium built, he's a program builder. If you know the history of Greg Ruffin, he's a program builder. Got a stadium built in at Edward Waters on campus, right? Has a great relationship with the Jacksonville Jaguars, right? And one game into the spring season, 
he gets fired. It is, I, I don't understand it. I don't agree with it. I think when you've done what he was, has been able to do, it's not all about the wins and the losses, especially when you're building something, particularly now we're talking about during COVID and you fire the head football coach. I don't agree with it uh, at all, but I know that Greg Ruffin's going to land on his feet. There's no question about that. Now, you know, you, you say, well, why did they fire him? Well, my understanding is that the president, of course, did not hire Greg Ruffin and wanted to bring in his own guy. Uh, I, I totally get that. I mean, I think if that's what you're going to do, then that's something you do. They should have done after the 2019 season. That's more. It's more, at least from an optics perspective, it's more justifiable. You can say, well, you only won this many games, um, new president coming in. We're going to move on. That's more justifiable than going 13 months, right? Or, or really, what, 15 months and getting the stadium built or helping to get the stadium built. I mean, obviously, I mean, it, you know, Ruffin didn't get the stadium built, but he was very instrumental in helping to get the stadium built uh, when he first came in and then laying out the plans and so forth in terms of what needed to be done. Because, again, he's done this before. Right. But, uh, you know, very unfortunate. But I will say that ultimately I think he's going to land on his feet. He's got a track record and has done some good things in the places that he's been. Uh, Your thoughts, especially my listeners in Jacksonville, XL 1010 92.5 FM. What say you hit me up via Twitter at Box to Row, B-O-X-T-O-R-O-W or on Facebook, B-O-X, the number two R-O-W again, still to come here. On from the press box to press row, South Carolina State head football coach Buddy Pugh going to join us on the program under his tutelage, 19 seasons. As a matter of fact, at South Carolina State, the Bulldogs have won seven MEAC championships, two black college football national championships, and he's been named coach of the year in the MEAC three times, including the 2019 season. So that sets me up for the next topic of conversation got a press release on Wednesday that said that Alabama A&M and South Carolina State were going to play football so I, I didn't really read it at first thoroughly so I'm thinking okay well good they both need a game when is this going to happen next couple of weeks Saturday Alabama A&M and South Carolina State are going to meet this Saturday in Orangeburg and I was like, whoa, immediately what came to my mind, remember when Coastal Carolina and BYU both needed a football game? What was that, in October? Maybe maybe it was November, October or November, and they came together and BYU traveled to South, Car- to, uh, South Carolina to take on Coastal Carolina? Well, very similar scenario, and it just got me to thinking, you know, this is what it's all about with HBCUs, right? When, because at the end of the day, I don't know what's going on in, in D.C. It's something about D.C. and you can't, you know, you know Howard was, couldn't play or whatever. I have no idea what was going on. But at the end of the day, and it happened last minute, South Carolina State was scheduled to play Howard in D.C. this Saturday. Alabama A&M was scheduled to play Mississippi Valley State this Saturday and was scheduled uh, last week to play Alcorn State, who bowed out of the season. 
Both schools needed a game. They came together and got it done. We didn't need to say, okay, you know, I mean, obviously there's some details behind it, but it wasn't this back and forth. Sometimes these games take two and three, four years to come together, and something like this came together in a matter of days. It's got me super excited. Not only that, Alabama State is going to be in the mix as well. Alabama State and South Carolina State now going to have a home-and-home where South Carolina State is going to travel to Alabama State later in the year and then return the game, Alabama State, to South Carolina State in 2023. Got a lot more to get to here on the program and still to come. South Carolina State head football coach, Buddy Pugh. This is Box to Row Radio and on Sirius XM channels 142 and 84. You're listening to From the Press Box to Press Row. From the Press Box to Press Row. Box to Box Row. To Box, to Box to Row. This is a national health care alert from the 24-7 Diabetic Health Hotline. If you, a family member, or a loved one has diabetes, listen closely. Now, regardless of your age, if you have insurance, you may qualify to receive diabetic testing supplies with little to no out-of-pocket cost. Get free delivery, free information, and all the paperwork is handled by our accredited suppliers for free. Call the 24-7 Diabetic Health Hotline now for details. Toll free at this number. But wait, there's more. If you call right now, you could get a meter upgrade. In addition, we'll give you a free pair of diabetic socks as our special gift to you. Regardless of your age, if you suffer with diabetes and have insurance, you may qualify to get free delivery of your supplies. 800-443-4996. 800-443-4996. 800-443-4996. That's 800-443-4996. BoxToRow.com is the website for all of your HBCU sports needs. From the game of the week feature to interviews to the latest news in the world of HBCU sports. BoxToRow.com has you covered. Missed a week of From the Press Box to Press Row? BoxToRow.com has all the archive shows. Don't forget to check out the All-American teams and weekly media coaches polls. From the Press Box to Press Row. And BoxToRow.com, your HBCU sports leader. Missed any of our shows? How about our conversations with some of the biggest names in sports and entertainment? Check out Box to Row podcast at BoxToRow.com or on Apple Podcasts. Hey yo, stepping through the fog and creeping through the smog. It's the number one from the hood, doggy dog. Making big Joining us in this segment will be South Carolina State head football coach, Buddy Pugh. Still to come here on the program. I'm also going to break down the Box to Row National Game of the Week. And I'm going to tell you what. I mean, I had a game in mind. I'm going to still go with that game. But the Alabama A&M and South Carolina State matchup uh, had me thinking a little bit. Because when you look at, and again, there's no MEAC. But, I mean, if you looked at the MEAC as it were, I mean, I would think South Carolina State at Florida A&M was involved would probably have been picked to finish third behind Florida A&M and North Carolina A&T. And then you look at Alabama A&M, had Alcorn State played, you would have had to say Alcorn State is the favorite. And then there's a toss-up, I guess, between Southern and then ultimately Alabama A&M. So what a football game that that's going to be on Saturday. A quill glass, absolutely phenomenal. Uh, the wide receiver, Ibrahim uh, 
uh, is phenomenal as well. As a matter of fact, was my number one player to watch this season in all of HBCU football. And if you want to view my top five players to watch, it ended up being six players. You can log on to our website at BoxToRow.com. Grambling is hosting Jackson State. These games are on Saturday. Lincoln of Missouri is hosting UT Permian Basin. Boy, it's been... You know, wow, Lincoln, I'm just hoping for Lincoln and Missouri this year. Things are going to be a little bit different, but they're off to that bad start. What a couple of weeks ago, losing 87-3. to Southern is hosting Arkansas Pine Bluff. Now, that's going to be a football game also. Southern coming off the win last week against Alabama State, Arkansas Pine Bluff, new head coach, Doc Campbell. And as a matter of fact, if you check out our HBCU football daily podcast, we had a chance during the Arkansas Pine Bluff preview to talk with Doc Gamble. As you know, Alabama A&M going to be on the road, taking on South Carolina State. Another solid one, Preview A&M at home and hosting Texas Southern in what will be the Labor Day Classic. And then on Sunday, Tennessee State's going to be hosting Jacksonville State. So a good schedule of HBCU football games coming up this weekend. Let's continue here on from the press box to press row. We're joined by a gentleman in his 19th season as the head football coach at South Carolina State. The Bulldogs are going to host Alabama A&M. It wasn't on the original schedule, but going to host Alabama A&M on Saturday as Buddy Pugh, the head football coach again at South Carolina State, joins us here on from the press box to press row. What's going on, Coach Pugh? Hey, Don. Everything's good. Trying to play a little football in the spring, I guess. Everything's great. How, how are you? I'm doing good. I, I am doing very well. Uh, thank you for asking. And, you know, I, I want to start here because when I saw the press release come fr- uh, come out that South Carolina State and Alabama A&M uh, is going to play on Saturday, I was very excited because I think, you know, you look at you, you needed a game, they needed a game. And so at the end of the day, you all were able to make it happen. Uh, can you speak to how this game came together in such a short amount of time? Well, uh, you're exactly right. We both needed a game. Uh, we had had uh, all kinds of circumstances in our league uh, that, that uh, you know, led to us having to go out and try to find, you know, some non-conference play- people to play. Uh, we thought we were going to play Alabama State, and, uh, and we still are at the back end of the schedule. But we couldn't work it out to play uh, this weekend. And uh, from that point, then we – you know, started to try to search around. Coach Maynard had talked to me a couple weeks back and uh, tried to get something going. But at that point, you know, we thought we had something with Alabama State. So we told them no. And then uh, at this point, we just started trying to figure out who might be able to play again. So my AD talked to the AD. And uh, I think the Coastal Carolina thing back in the fall has kind of given everybody a sense of what you can do or what you better do if you want to play that way. So, you know, we just kept looking. And, uh, you know, once once we got to a uh, another opponent who had a common interest, then we just started trying to work through it. I got to take my hat off to the Alabama A&M folk. I'm really appreciative of their uh, ability to work through as quickly as they have, you know, all of the protocols and, and routines and things you got to do to move a football team that quick or that far. And, uh, you know, it speaks to the, you know, great organization that they are, that they could pull this thing off. So, you know, I'm excited about the game on Saturday and looking forward to 
Coach Manning and his crew. His president, Dr. Andrew Eugenie, is a South Carolina State graduate, was our president for a while since I've been here. So he's a great South Carolina State supporter, still involved with him as a state club member, our boost organization. So, you know, we look forward to getting all those guys back here in Orangeburg and, and treating them to a good, solid weekend of, of fun and, and, and football festivities. I'm telling you, and, and you know, it, it was at one time, and I know COVID has sort of changed things, that one of the best atmospheres uh, in all of college football, pound for pound, was right there uh, in Orangeburg, and it's great to see that that game it just made sense. And I think your point about Coastal Carolina and BYU is apropos. So what what happened? What, what happened with the Howard situation? I mean, not only did that game get canceled, but the game that they were supposed to return to you is canceled as well. Well, uh, I think they had some uh, rules for the District of Columbia that we couldn't figure out exactly how to either adhere to or to get around whichever one you know fit for the particular purpose that we were looking for so we ended up having to uh uh kind of uh push that game to the wayside i think how it's able to play schools in their neighboring states uh they can play delaware you know they can play in florida i mean they can play in in maryland they can play in virginia but i don't think they are allowed to play you know, far enough away that, you know, that they were allowed to come to South Carolina, nor were they allowed to have a South Carolina team come to uh, Washington, D.C. And, uh, you know, we just were disappointed in that fact because we we were really excited about Coach Scott. A couple of the guys on that staff were ex-South Carolina State, either assistants or players. And, uh, you know, it seems to be now, Donald, that almost every place we go, there's somebody that's connected to the program, you know, from one of the 19 years that we've been here, or maybe even some of the years that I was here before as a student athlete and as an assistant coach. So, you know, we always trying to, you know, do whatever we can to, you know, once we couldn't figure out how to make that particular situation work to continue to play. So at that point, then we started looking. Isn't this, isn't this sort of a blueprint of maybe how, you know, as HBCUs and more specifically FCS HBCUs can move forward. In other words, it seems like you need the MEAC SWAC challenge for the MEAC to play a SWAC team. Although I know, I believe Alabama A&M came to you, uh, you know, some years back. But, I mean, isn't, isn't this something we should be looking at in the future? Well, I'm sure it is. And, uh, you know, we've got to uh, find common, I guess, maybe – uh, interest in uh, playing non-conference games that way. I think it's fun to, uh, you know, go to places that you don't necessarily have an opportunity to uh, visit in in regular years. So, you know, I think it'll work in a way where, you know, some of these uh, uh, I guess maybe necessities because of the situations that, are, that arise because of this pandemic will create situations that you'll continue to replicate somehow or another in years to come. I want to talk personnel, uh, but but before I do, I want to get your thoughts because you've been around doing this, you know, a long time, 19 seasons as the head coach. Uh, of course, you mentioned being a student athlete. You had some time as an assistant coach at South Carolina, the University of South Carolina also. I mean, how, how disappointing uh, was it that, and I get it. I mean, we're in COVID and all that, but that the MEAC was unable uh, to have a season, or at least the MEAC is not sponsoring football in the spring for 2021. 
very, uh, I was very disappointed. I think our entire program was disappointed. And, you know, I don't think we were anywhere close to being the top team in the league, you know, last year. So it wasn't just a thing of we thought that we could go out and beat up on folk. That's why we wanted to play. We just felt like it was a better situation for us to continue to keep our guys busy and involved and then to have something that actually gave them a goal to achieve, working to play, you know, for a championship or, you know, or something of some sort that will give us some excitement about going out practicing and working hard every day. So we just felt that we needed to continue to keep our guys going. Sometimes when they, you know, just walk away from the game the way you do when you're not playing, you know, we tend to stagnate and not necessarily have, you know, the same kind of tension to just doing right as we would. So we were trying to do everything we could to continue to play. And then from that point on, you know, then our guys just did what was what was natural. And, uh, you know, I don't necessarily feel like, you know, even though the pandemic is what it is, I, I, I've got to make sure that we don't make light of the fact that people are dying and uh, you don't necessarily, you know, have an opportunity to come back from some of the, circumstances that can arise from mixing together and doing some of the stuff that you do when you, you know, when you play a game that way. But, you know, we just felt like it was worth it. We thought that, you know, there were other schools and other, other conferences that were being able to, you know, continue to operate, you know, schools in the, you know, ACC and the SEC, you know, did it quite easily or did it in a way where they continue to at least continue to go. Uh, most of the championship subdivision leagues, most of the uh, FCS leagues, you know, did try to suspend and try to spring. Almost everybody now is trying, almost all the other leagues now, except for the Ivy League and uh, and the uh, MEAC are trying to, you know, put a season together this spring. So, you know, we just felt like it was a natural and we just want to play. So we just kind of keep at, just kind of keep working at it. You're locked into From the Press Box to Press Row. I'm your host, Donald Weir. We're talking with South Carolina State head football coach, Buddy Pugh. We've got more with Coach Pugh on the other side. You're listening to From the Press Box to Press Row. That is the voice of Kevin Durant. I'm excited I get to play for They support us in everything we do. You know, it's a joy to, you know, go to work and, and know that you're going to be, uh, you know, they're going to cheer for you as loud as they can no matter who you're playing. Bubba Wallace. They feel like I am throwing a race into the context here and it's not about race he's a driver at the end of the day everybody's making it about race it's all about the headlines these days not me saying like yep i'm the black guy here you're gonna not stop hearing about me it was more along the lines of the fans like hey it's cool i've been dealing with that for, for a while he's spike lee thank you i haven't heard that i mean i've been on rails all over the nation thank you for that question i'm a third generation morehouse man i was taught to speak your truth and that is very special about being a Morehouse man, the same way you feel about your school, the same way we feel all about our respective historic black colleges. That would have been my first choice anyway, and I'm proud to be a Morehouse man. I'm talking about none other than Serena Williams. That was definitely one of the better matches I've ever played. I've had it just like that. You know, I was really focused, just really, you know, excited. That is the voice of Steph Curry. Your progress from Davidson to now with Golden State. Where I've come from in high school into a small D1 college at Davidson. And, uh, it's a great story, and uh, I'm just having fun, you know, living my dream and riding the ride. Ron Rivera, you know, a great player. Did you see yourself as a coach? I've been told a lot of times by a lot of people, boy, you know, you're kind of like... 
coach on the field. I always felt at some point, yeah, I'd probably get into coaching. It all started because of my son wanting to play football. The one and only Michael Strahan. Always good to talk to you. Hopefully next time it won't be, what, 14 years. You get to <laughs> people to be better and do better and, and that's what i love man so thank you i appreciate you i'm talking about none other than common well i ended up at sam just because i wanted to major in business and sam you had the illustrious school of business then i found out that business was the key that's what i wanted to do dave roberts manager of the la dodgers to be person of color and be the manager of the dodgers what does that mean to you? well i think the first thing that comes to me is responsibility with recency and, and kind of the social, the racial issues that we're having that really come to light, which is, I believe, are good things. I think that it's a responsibility for me to be the first manager of color for the Dodgers. There's not many of us in baseball. To do things the right way, to hopefully give others, other people of color, opportunities. Hopefully it just paves the way. So I think that for me, I, I definitely look at it as responsibility, but something I'm willing to undertake. Omari Hartwick. And that's crazy that you say that. I got one of your colleagues and one of your contemporaries and that being Stephen A. He hit me about three weeks ago and he texted me and he said, oh, how did I miss this one? But it's equally been a beautiful thing for me to see how much you guys who work in sport are fans of me. But for you to like it as much as Stephen A said he liked it and all within the last three weeks, you both are commenting on it. I'm in good company. We're, we're HBCU guys, you know. I know I'm in good oh, company. Of course, bro. <laughs> Shout outs to Howard University. NBA All-Star Chris Paul. That was great to bring it back to one Salem State University, a uh, black college. Something that my city had never seen before, may never see again. And just having a up close and personal feeling with LeBron James, Kevin Durant, Melodes. It was exciting. I'm grateful for those guys coming out. She's Simone Biles. Actually, really fun. Like, to be honest, me and Allie had a lot of fun. We were like, oh, of course, like, we're in the best shape of our lives. We're feeling confident about our body, and we hope that other young girls and women, like, feel that being strong is so beautiful. So that's what we kind of try to do. Greatest football player to ever play, Jim Brown. Muhammad Ali was a principal person in the country at the time and he stood up and said that he was not going to the service because it was against his religion. Mm -hmm. Called all the top black athletes together along with Carl Stoke, the first black mayor of a major city. So I'm glad you brought that particular incident up. Snoop Dogg is on the mic. Pay attention. Oh man, thank you for having me play in a real way. I mean, I'm so honored. Snoop, you football league has done so many wonders. We got over 200 kids that have graduated from high school. We have over 50 kids that have grown to Division One. Kyrie Irving Playing at Duke for Coach K, what was that like and how that prepared you for the league now? Playing 11 games, you know, a lot of people think that's not a you know, big package for you to become a better player, but for me it was. Playing for Coach K, he gave me the keys to the car and I was driving it in first eight games and you know, being a part of something special like that and having the brotherhood built at an institution such as that one is an experience that you never forget. Ice Cube has been our guest. Hey man, thanks for letting me talk a little music, movies, and sports. Hey, my favorite three topics. From the press box to press row is the sports talk show that is the voice and the talk of HBCU Sports with a flair for pro sports talk and entertainment. Check the show out online at www.boxtorow.com. That's from the press box to press row. Real. Relevant. Radio. His teams have won seven MEAC championships. He's Buddy Pugh. Of course, they've won two black college national championships. He's been named the MEAC Coach of the Year three times. Buddy Pugh, the head football coach of South Carolina State, joins us here on From the Press Box to Press Row. Personnel, Corey Fields, uh, really good season in 2019 uh, for you. W what have you seen 
from him over what the last, I guess, what uh, fifteen months uh, or so in terms of his progression and, and your expectations for him this spring? Corn uh, continues to improve. Uh, he's a, a, a football junkie. Uh, he's in the office all the time, watching tape and you know watching other guys. We get we get a bunch of NFL tape in here, so you know he likes to watch all of the you know, top quarterbacks in the country and, uh, you know, kind of see how they're doing some things. But, you know, he's one of those kind of guys where, you know, I think he wants to play football for a long, long time. And uh, uh, Corey is a smart, smart guy. Um, he'll graduate this spring. <laughs> he, I don't know exactly. He's got three more years to play after this. So I don't know exactly how that's going to work out, you know, in the whole scheme of things because of the fact that, that I don't know if we'll have school for him. Yeah, a little bit, but, you know, he really is a great young man, matures all get out, comes from a great family, and, uh, you know, just continues to, you know, be a great leader and uh, a guy who, did, you know, who we'll have, I'm sure, somehow not involved in South Carolina State's uh, hierarchy for a long, long time to come. Defensive back to Kobe Durant, how, how special is he? Uh, a really good player. Dakota's also graduated here in grad school. You know, that's one of the unintended consequences of this whole deal, too. We're getting a lot of guys, you know, who are graduating and still having eligibility left, a couple years left in some cases. So, you know, Dakota will have a master's, you know, by the time he's done playing. He's going to play again this fall. And then at that point, then we are going about the task of, uh, of seeing if we can usher him on to wherever that might be, you know, from that point. But uh, he's had some great uh, battles with some of the top receivers in this league, you know, over the past years. And, you know, he's a, he's a Hamlin. His mom is uh, sisters to uh, uh, one of the Hamlins that played for us some years ago, the Hamlins that played at Clemson. All those guys are the same mm-hmm. family from over Lamar, South Carolina. So the bloodlines run, you know, pretty steady, pretty thick, you know, in that crowd. Those guys are hard-nosed, smart guys who – you know, come in here and uh, and handle their business in every kind of way you can imagine. Yeah. Uh, so, how do you, you know, Alabama A and M? I mean, they have some some weapons. I mean, if you go back to 2019, but again, nobody's played, you know, for for 15 months now. So, how do you prepare for the Bulldogs? For those Bulldogs, I should say. You go back and you look at, you know, there are people that are returning. You give a, uh, I guess maybe. A, a good bit of credence to what they've done in the past. Connell Maynard, Coach Maynard's a, you know, a, a great football guy who's been an MAC guy, you know, who's been in these parts for a good many years now. So he's got some uh, past history out there that you can go back and research. Uh, his quarterback, the glass kid, was second team all-conference in the swag last year. He's a big old tall strapping guy who can hum it, who can throw it. He's one of those guys that can spin it. He's a real passer kind of guy. And, uh, you know, they've won, you know, like six ball games last year. You know, they probably should have won another two or three more close, close games, you know, toward the end. They should have won the Alcorn game at Alcorn. You know, they should have won the the, uh, uh, Alabama State game. They had the opportunity to have a big year last year. And they returned most of that team. They had a a, a little wide receiver, uh, a kid by the name of Abraham, who was first team all conference last year as a freshman. 
He was the newcomer of the league. And then they've got a couple defensive line guys that are returning that are really good. So you kind of go through and kind of research them in a way where you see those guys that are returning. Hopefully, you know, that was with them when they played last and kind of figuring that those guys will be better. And at some point, you know, we'll be back at a, on that team this year. Last two thoughts. Buddy Pugh, the head football coach of South Carolina State, joins us here on the program. I mean, you've you know, A&T, you know, Hampton leaves in 2017, A&T to start 2020, Florida A&M, Bethune-Cookman um, also leave. The, the, the conference is down to six football-playing schools. Y- your thoughts, like, on that and then the future of the MEAC? Well, uh, it's a little bit sad. You know, I'm, I'm, I hate to see those guys go. Not only did we lose teams, you know, in the league that way, but I lost some good friends, uh, uh, coaches from those schools that we, you know, built relationships with and, and are going to miss, you know, on a regular basis. But we'll continue to play, you know, some of those guys. I think we uh, we are trying to play A&T, Bethune, FAMU, and, uh, and maybe even Hampton, you know, from time to time over the over the coming years. So, you know, we'll see each other and uh, and continue to be, you know, great competitors that way. Uh, at the same time, we will miss them and uh, and wish them luck as they go on about a, you know, a new way. Um, as far as our league is concerned, Donald, you know, we'll survive. Um, and I'm sure we'll try to find somebody, uh, a couple of schools to replace some of the schools that we lost at some point. I don't exactly know, you know, what the league's uh, intentions are as far as schools that we could find that might want to be a part of the MAC, but we are charter members of the league, and we'd like to think that we'd be able to, you know, continue to be a member of this league. We are loyal members in a way where, you know, we feel like, you know, we want to try to hang in here, so we think we will. And then lastly, you are a legendary coach. I mean, more recently we've talked with legendary coaches, you know, Rod Broadway, Joe Taylor, you know, Rudy Hubbard, who, who just recently got inducted into the uh, College Football Hall of Fame. And, you know, South Carolina State is your alma mater. You've been there 19 seasons. You've done an outstanding job. You've spent some time, as I mentioned, at the University of South Carolina, et cetera. Would you, have you or would you have liked – to have gotten, you know Willie Jeffries obviously well. He's the only uh, HBCU grad to coach at an, a 1A program or an FBS program as the head coach. Would you have uh, liked to have been a head coach or have had your opportunities to coach at an FBS uh, program? Do, do you feel maybe slighted in, in some way? Uh, not really. No, I've had uh, wonderful uh, opportunities in my time in the coaching career, and it's been real good. It's probably been a lot better to me than I've been to it. And, uh, the, the, the most important thing, Donald, we do is we affect young men's lives in ways where, you know, they come back and they actually tell you, you know, that, hey, coach, you did such, that, and, uh, and what have you, you know, to uh, encourage me to go about being, you know, a positive citizen and a, and, and a, and a great resource for you know, my community and what have you. So, you know, these people that we've come in contact with over the years, you know, are the most important thing that we've got to keep in mind as we go about putting these teams together year in and year out. So, you know, it's the individuals and the relationships and the fun that you have as you get to know people and get to build relationships and that kind of stuff with folks. So that's what it's all about. And, uh, you know, it's not about which job, you know, that I can get or which program I can run. 
you know, soccer, I say, has been unbelievably good for me. And, uh, you know, I can tell you that, you know, that I appreciate everything they've done for me, and I look forward to doing whatever I can to support soccer on State to the day I die. Buddy Pugh again in his 19th season as the head football coach of South Carolina State joins us here on From the Press Box to Press Row. The Bulldogs going to host the Alabama A&M Bulldogs Saturday at 1.30 at Bulldog Stadium. Coach Pugh, as always, I appreciate the time. I know that game's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, good luck to you and the Bulldogs this season. Thank you so much, Donald. Always a great conversation with Buddy Pugh, the head football coach of South Carolina State, joining us here on the program. If you want to react to anything that Coach Pugh had to say, hit me up via Twitter, BoxToRow, B-O-X-T-O-R-O-W, or on Facebook, B-O-X, the number two, R-O-W. And again, I think this is going to be an outstanding football game. You look at South Carolina State, Corey Fields is is really, like he had a really good uh, freshman season in 2019. Uh, they, and remember, South Carolina State co-MIAC champs. The Bulldogs finishing 8-3 and three on the season. Re- also remember now, Buddy Pugh was going to retire prior to the start of this season, ultimately decided to, 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 uh, to come back. And, I mean, what a season, right? You know, what a, what a season for South Carolina State. I, I, Alabama A&M is really, really talented. Like, really, really talented. And Aquil Glass... Uh, the quarterback, man, you, I mean, 32, he put up 3,600 yards passing last year. 3,600 yards with 32 touchdowns on the season. And again, a top 25 quarterback right now in all of college football. He, he's rated. So the, the, this young man can play. You know, I look at South Carolina State, I look at a guy like a Roderick Perry, right? The defensive lineman. Well, he decided not to. He decided to enter the, the uh, transfer portal. He had already gotten his degree, if I'm not mistaken, from South Carolina State. Decided to go to Illinois. Man, he was really good. Like he was all Big Ten at Illinois uh, this year, and is going to come back next year or in the fall, I should say, 2021. He's got a good shot of perhaps being drafted. You know, so um, you know the defensive lines. Uh, the defensive line for South Carolina State may not be as strong as it has been in years past, but on the back end and that secondary is where South Carolina State uh, should be pretty good. South Carolina State offensively, we'll see how the running game gets going. Alabama A&M, I think it's just going to be really good all around. And I, that, That's, you know, I, I know a lot has been made and there's been a lot of talk about Alcorn State, and I know uh, – uh, you, schools are not happy to the point that the SWAC ultimately uh, had all course they had to to forfeit its schedule this year. So any team that was playing all state automatically has a win on the season. And I, I'm going to tell you, I think that Alabama A&M and all state game that was supposed to have opened the season would have been the HBCU game of the year, I think. And I, and I get it. You know, you still have, you know, five or six games that are still still had to be played at that time. But that football game right now there, because you're talking about the six-time defending Eastern Division champs in the SWAC and two-time defending SWAC champions, Felix Harper, the quarterback, coming back, receivers coming back, offensive line is good, secondary, Quinterio 
uh, Cole. I mean, man, that was going to be a good football game. Alabama A&M has some transfers coming in as well. Uh, but when you talk about, you know, you talk about receivers and then led by Ibrahim, and then you talk about Aquil Glass. Wow, what a football game that ultimately would have been. But nonetheless, South Carolina State and Alabama A&M are going to play, are going to play. And then ultimately, as I mentioned, and this is where, you know, again, this is where I got excited getting back to what I was talking about in the first segment in terms of HBCU love and doing what needs to be done in these trying times amongst HBCU schools, right? Alabama A&M needed a game. South Carolina State needed a game. You heard Buddy Pugh talk about it. They got together. Uh, Alabama A&M, excuse me, Alabama State and South Carolina State going to get together also with a home-and-home series. You don't need the MEAC SWAC challenge to dictate some of the better games that are going to be played or should be played in HBCU football. And we don't need that. We can make these games happen. And especially once COVID subsides, maybe even going into 2022, fans will start to come back to the stadiums. This is where we can have these phenomenal football games. Up next here on From the Press Box to Press Row, stay tuned. Because I'm going to preview the Box to Row National Game of the Week. On last week's From the Press Box to Press Row with Donald Ware. Will Jones, the head men's basketball coach at North Carolina A&T. Is there some vindication here from last year where you went to Durham and you didn't win, although a lot was on the line in that game? Last year's team, right around this time, was playing unbelievable basketball with a chance to win the regular season outright. And we didn't do what we needed to do that night. But this year's team, they're on their own mission to go into those buildings against those programs and come out with a win speaks to the uh, the character of, of this ball club. From the press box to press row is one of the hottest sports talk shows in the country. Join Donald each week as he takes you on a journey through the world of HBCU sports and pro sports and interviews with top sports and entertainment figures. That's from the press box to press row each week on your favorite station. BoxToRow.com is your source for conversations with and content on some of the biggest names in sports, HBCU sports, and entertainment. BoxToRow.com. It's Donald Ware from the Press Box to Press Row. We're back here on From the Press Box to Press Row. Join us on the conversation on Twitter at Box to Row, B-O-X-T-O-R-O-W, or on Facebook, B-O-X, the number two, R-O-W. Don't forget, if you missed any of this program, you can log on to our website at BoxToRow.com and download the program, whether it be this particular show or any of our previous shows over the years. Great content on BoxToRow.com as a matter of Fact. So, the Box to Row National Game of the Week. Crambling is going to be hosting Jackson State. And this is a game, this is one of the better rivalries in all of HBCU football. I mean, this rivalry goes back a long way when you think about some of the greats 
that have come out of this rivalry. Uh, you know, whether it's been uh, Walter Payton or Robert Brazil on the Jackson State side, whether, you know, it's been Willie Davis, you know, Buck Buchanan on the Grambling side, Eddie Robinson, W.C. Gordon. I mean, this rivalry is one of the best. And when you talk about uh, a, a game where you're going to see, uh, well, in normal times where you would see a stadium field, uh, this is this is that this is that particular game. Now, of course, we go back to 2013 when, if you remember, or those that don't know, Grambling, and it, it was a national story. I mean, Grambling uh, decided. I mean, the, the the conditions that the student athletes were playing in, they felt like the conditions were extremely bad. Uh, decided, and just some things that happened. Doug Williams had been fired. A little bit earlier, uh, a couple of games earlier, maybe they were taking bus rides to long places and the student athletes had had enough. That was a big story. And if you remember, the game that Grambling decided not to play was the Jackson State game. And so the penalty from the conference was that for so many years, I don't remember what it what it was, but I think they've gone back to the home and home. But ultimately, Grambling had to play at Jackson State for so many years in a row, if I'm not mistaken. And I'm thinking, I, I, and, and no, I think, it, I think it's gone back. I'd have to go back and look. I mean, I don't think this is the first game they're playing in quite some time uh, at Grambling. But it was a couple of years that this game was strictly played at, at, excuse me, at Jackson State, where the game was strictly played at Jackson State because uh, the SWAC penalized Grambling. So, again, Jackson State already has a game under its belt. And I think if you, you know, look at what Jackson State was able to accomplish against, uh, against obviously, Edward Waters, I mean, it wasn't the greatest opponent. But you get out on the field, you're able to kind of get, you know, get seeing what you have. You know, I think I thought Jalen Jones uh, from a little bit of the game that I saw you know, obviously did some good things, looked pretty good. But, I mean, at the end of the day, uh, you know, he wasn't doing it against a Grambling team that is going to be very, very good. You know, one of the things that I'm looking at, and I'm, I'm going to break down the matchup, another thing that I'm looking at is when I look at the revised, because the SWAC had come out with an all, you know, a preseason all SWAC team. It had come out in January. Well, once Alcorn State opted out, they revised it, came out with a new list, and so where Felix Harper was the quarterback on the first team and Aquil Glass was the quarterback on the second team, Aquil Glass is now the quarterback on the first team, and Ladarius Skelton is the quarterback on the second team. And I think if you're Jeremy Hickbottom, you know, you got to feel disrespected in a way, whereas you weren't. I mean, I don't think he would have been the first-team quarterback because Aquil Glass is very, very good. Not, it's nothing, not to take anything away from Jeremy Hickbottom. But, I mean, you're not a second-team guy, and Ladarius Skelton is. And, again, Ladarius Skelton is very, very good. But there was even some question, and a lot of that is, a lot of that is just to put competition uh, with quarterbacks, right? Because even if you listen to the HBCU Football Daily podcast, okay, uh, when we previewed Southern and we had Carlos Brown, who follows follows Southern very, very closely come on, he indicated at the time that there was a quarterback battle. Um, and then 
we had last a uh, couple of weeks ago, um, ultimately coming on the program uh, was uh, was uh, uh, Dawson Odoms, excuse me, the head football coach at, at Southern. He came on uh, on our program, Sirius XM Channel 84, the day of the game. So, listen, uh, you know, if you're Jeremy Hickbottom, Right. And you, you know, you you know what you can bring to the table. I mean, it's one thing. I mean, he's already got some competition in house because remember, Broderick Fobbs, there was to be that competition. Matter of fact, they, they going back a couple of years ago, they used the two quarterback system with Jeremy Hickbottom's bottom. He took over the reins uh, pretty much on last year. But, you know, the coaches are always going to kind of feel that competition. So. You know, if you're hit bottom, like you you feel like, okay, I'm the guy, but there's no guarantees, right? Like there's no guarantees that Jer- that that at least in his mind and from what maybe Broderick Fobbs is saying. I mean, I, and I think when, Bro- Bro- when Coach Fobbs came on the HBCU Football Daily Podcast, I mean, he definitely said, hey, right now uh, our guy, as a matter of fact, is Jeremy Hickbottom, okay? But Jeremy Hickbottom had a pretty good season in 2019. And to be now the second team guy, I think, has to sort of light a fire, uh, if you will, under Jeremy Hickbottom. Like, he's got to know, he's got to go out, He, you know, he wants to show everybody. Now, I mean, I think his numbers and the numbers that he put up uh, speak for themselves, but I'm sure he's going to want to go out and say, hey, you guys didn't even select me. Okay, as the top guy. And so I feel like, you know, I feel like he's a guy that really uh, was going to go out and really have something or going to want out and want to go out and really prove that, hey, I should have been on that second team. And, you know, one of the questions when Coach Fobbs appeared on the HBCU Football Daily Podcast, I asked him straight up, you know, do you feel like, hey, with Deion Sanders coming into the conference, everybody's talking about Jackson State and a lot of, you know, mostly the fan base because if you look at the coaches and the picks, Jackson State is, has not been picked high in that Eastern Division. But everybody's crowning Jackson State the champion. They have all these transfers and all of that. And I asked Coach Fobbs what he thought of that, and this is what he had to say. No, because I don't really answer it. You know, I'm focused on Grambling State University and and us playing football. At the end of the day, you know, we've played this game, we've coached this game for a number of years, and the only thing that matters is what we do and how we plan to do things. So uh, we can't control other things. We just control what we can control, make sure that we're in the right headspace and we're playing the game the right way. And to be exact, I asked Coach Fobbs what he thought about all of the talk uh, about Deion Sanders and Jackson State, and did it bother and did it bother him? And that was ultimately his response. And I think, I mean, I think you can't like you can't allow for it to bother you. Uh, and, and again, Gramlins won an HBCU national championship in Broderick Fobbs's time as the head coach since 2014. They've won two SWAC championships. Uh, and so, I, I, I mean, I got to feel like 
to some degree. He may say it doesn't, but under you know, he's going to focus what he's got to focus on. It's no doubt. But he also wants, it's no doubt that he wants Grambling to be talked about as well. Um, I mean, it's one thing if you talk about, you know, uh, Southern, because, I mean, the last couple of years, Southern has had Grambling's number. And Southern's been the, the Western Division champs. Or if you talk about Alcorn State, two-time defending champs, but not Jackson State, who Grambling has had Jackson State's number the last, you know, couple of years or the last couple of times that they've met. So, you know, maybe the players get up for this kind of thing. Maybe it bothers the players and Grambling is knowing that it is put in the work, had a winning season in 2019. Uh, maybe it bothers them uh, a little bit. But breaking this game down, like, again, I look at Jackson State. Uh, again, you know, I, I don't know. I, I don't know. Like, I, you know, obviously – Jackson State dominated Edward Waters. No question about it. But I really don't know because now you're playing a team that I would say on paper, Grambling is better than Jackson State. So now you have to contend if you're the Tigers with this Grambling team that has been really, really good the last couple. Even when Grambling wasn't wasn't good, it was good. Like when they weren't winning Western Division crowns, Grambling was good. I mean, I think... I talked about Jeremy Hickbottom. Think he's going to be improved this year. I look at uh, Keelan Elder, the running back, one of the running backs for Grambling. I mean, this is a young man. Uh, his last game on the biggest stage, the biggest stage, rushed for 112 yards and a touchdown on 19 carries against Southern in that Bayou Classic going back to 2019. Yeah, I get it. it. That was 2019. And by the way, Jackson State has played a football game. So Jackson State has already played a game. It's already got a game under its belt. Uh, is that an advantage for Jackson State? Probably. You know, I, I would definitely say so, no matter what the opponent was. But you got to know that Gramlin's going to come out and be prepared. Look out for this kid, C.J. Russell, the running back for Grambling. He's like top six all time in the state of Louisiana in terms of running backs uh, in high school. And they're expecting a lot of big things from this young man. That offensive line should be pretty good. So I'm going to go prediction here. I'm going to go Grambling wins this football game by 10 points. I think Grambling wins this football game against Jackson State. By 10 points is our Box to Row National Game of the Week. Got to get ready to run here on From the Press Box to Press Row. Thank you to Buddy Pugh, the head football coach at South Carolina State, for joining us on the program. I'm telling you, if you're missing the HBCU Football Daily Podcast, you're missing uh, one of the more in-depth looks at HBCU football that you will find anywhere, anywhere. You can find it Monday through Friday on our website at boxtorow.com. And always remember to support those that support you. From the Press Box to Press Row is presented by DW Communications. <laughs>